Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hold on here, I'm not ready. I'm trying to figure out whether I need to download more social media apps or not. Hold on, no... Leave me alone. Stop it. All right. I think we're good. Welcome in. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the program. It's a pre-Friday celebration right here on The Voice of Reason, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you to death. Appreciate you hanging out with us, as always, your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. I know that my generation is supposed to be like all on the up and up with all these social media sites and the new one officially apparently coming out today with threads. The new Facebook and Instagram tweety alternative to silence the Twitter, to get rid of Elon Musk, to bring down the free speech that is of the U.S. of A. I know that's the whole point. I'm telling you, I am ready, man. I am ready for the ultimate battle, the physical manifestation of the war between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg in a UFC octagon, ready to go MMA style and duke this thing out because this is getting a little insane with how it is um, growing, I guess you could say, from the side of censorship. Uh, Overnight... As Meta began to release their new threads, the new Twitter version of Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, which can we be honest? I don't know why we needed to do that. Facebook has its own style of social media. Instagram has its own style. Both of them have their unique aspects. Twitter is really no different than them. You can post video. You can post audio. You can post pictures. You can post uh, your, your opinion and it goes out there. You have Facebook that does that in long form. You have Instagram that does that in video and photo form. You don't need a Twitter, but yet they don't like the competition. This is where tyrants don't like challenges in the private or public sector. They don't like competition in the market, so they have to have their stronghold with the monopoly, and therefore they're going to do what they can to dominate that market and silence the Elon Musk, who is about hate speech and everything else because he allows freedom of speech on his platform. So this is where it's at. And with the overnight starting of the new meta threads, there's up to 30 million users that jumped on board since overnight at the launching of this new platform. According to Newsmax.com, the 30 million signups within 18 hours of its launch emerged as the first real threat to Elon Musk's owned Twitter as it took advantage of its access to billions of Instagram users and a similar look of that of its rivals. So You already, for those that don't follow social media and don't do social media, I highly encourage you to stay away from this as much as possible, which, by the way, you can find us at our social media sites at Who's Your Reason on all of our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram and the Twitter, all of them the same at Who's Your Reason. For those that don't know how this works, the larger grand company of Meta, which is what Mark Zuckerberg started, he started it with Facebook. It grew then to Instagram when he bought that, and now it's just Meta because they do a lot of other things as well. They have the... Uh, virtual reality headsets. They have other things that they do with technology, and they're trying to now 
create this third social media site with all of them, Instagram and Facebook, all being connected so you can find all your same friends on all the different platforms. Whether that's beneficial or not, I don't know. That's up to you to decide. I have more followers on my Facebook than I do any other social media site, but that's because I'm more active on that one. And that's probably because when I first started getting into social media, that was the big one. We were just coming off of MySpace, and Facebook was like the next big cool thing. Twitter had not been around yet, and the other ones weren't around either. It was like MySpace was dying, and Facebook was coming. Anybody remember MySpace? Now, I never had a MySpace, but I kind of want to go back to that because all people did on that one was talk about music. And you can actually have your music playlist on your uh, on your platform. I thought that was kind of neat. But I wasn't old enough to start one there. So in college, I started my Facebook page. And that was my very first social media page. And now it's grown to whatever it is, obviously, with the radio show and everything else that we do. But now we have umpteen million gazillion types of social media platforms. And I have a lot of them on my phone that takes up a lot of my space on my phone between Facebook and Facebook Messenger and Facebook Business Suites for the radio show page and the Twitter and the YouTube and the TikTok and the Instagram and the Getter and the True Social and the LinkedIn and the Snapchat, which I have, but I've never used it in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, And now apparently we have to get the threads. So my question is to you is, do you want to sign up for the threads and continue on with your Facebook and Instagram account and followings, but through a Twitter format just because we want to spite someone like Elon Musk? Again, the ongoing battle, the growing battle in this nation, this is really the uh, example of the difference between freedom of speech and censorship. Facebook blocks you if you have content they don't like. They shadow ban you. They suspend you. They throw you in the Facebook jail if you say things that don't go with their quote-unquote community standards. And their community standards are kind of like how Democrats play their usual game of politics is the the, the community standards float based on what the flavor of the day is and whatever their opinion is for the day. And then things get censored or not censored based on what their opinion is for that day. Elon Musk had that grand idea to try and change social media and open it up. And he's starting to add more video on there. He's starting to add kind of live audio stream, radio, podcast, live uh, format on Twitter. They're trying to add other aspects. But then he's also trying to do other changes by capping how many tweets that you can see per day, that you can only see special content with the blue check mark, where that's like eight or 10 bucks a month. I don't know why I would pay for social media, but if that's what some people want to do, cool. If you find me on there at Who's Your Reason, you will not find the blue check mark next to me because I will not be paying Twitter to do that. So there's a lot of, for whatever reason, this is going to be the future of media. And the reason it's important is because this is the future of media. As Tucker Carlson and others have gone to social media platforms solely in order to broadcast their program, as the mainstream media becomes less and less relevant and we go to other sites like Real American News or Newsmax or One American News Network or all these other conservative platforms, they're eventually going to be off of satellites and going to be solely on essentially the dark web if that's the direction they want to go. But I'm ready for the physical brawl between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and the MMA fight because maybe this is the precursor to that. I mean, now Elon Musk has said that he's going to sue as they launch this one because according to Elon Musk, he says that they're using his intellectual property and information on how they design Twitter to go after and do their own thing. I don't know whether you can do that or not, but according to 
Uh, the scoop on Wednesday, Instagram parent company Meta included threads, a text-based companion to Instagram that resembles Twitter on the other text-based social platforms. Just hours later, the lawyer for Twitter, Alex Spiro, sent a letter to Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg accusing the company of engaging in, quote, systematic, willful, and unlawful misappropriation of Twitter's trade secrets and other intellectual property saying that the Twitter intends to strictly enforce its intellectual property rights and demands that Meta take immediate steps to stop using any Twitter trade secrets or other highly confidential information. Twitter reserves all rights, including but not limited to the right to seek both civil remedies and injunctive relief without further notice to prevent any further retention, disclosure, or use of its intellectual property by Meta. That would be awesome if we could win that lawsuit. I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but if this continues on, we could see an interesting battle legally on what social media sites are allowed to be there and how to drain one site or another, and we'll see how far this goes. But censorship versus freedom of speech takes things to another level. Yes, this is kind of an important. It's entertaining, but it's important all the same. And the question is, will you be signing up for the new threads? I mean, you already essentially have an account if you have an Instagram or a Facebook page. You just link those on there, and you're already set up. Will you go that direction, or are you going towards the idea of Twitter? All right, we got some other issues. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, but it's kind of an interesting one as we see the ongoing battle for the freedom of speech and freedom of thought in this nation. Let's get into the other stupid story of the day, shall we? (laughs) What's trending today? I say that that because they act like there's some shock and awe factor that Joe Biden has created the best economy that we've ever seen in our entire lifetime. To me, we have the strongest economy. Perhaps I have ever seen. <laughs> I'll never forget that clip from Jim Cramer over on CNBC. Uh, Joe Biden coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, getting people back to work, creating those six to 10 million jobs. Well, now the latest news, uh, and according to CNBC, is according to the job numbers for the month of June. Now that we're out of the month of June, they show a total of 497,000 private sector jobs were added for the month double what those expectations were for the month. Now, while they're all excited about that, celebrating, look how great Biden's doing, look how wonderful the economy's going after COVID and after getting Trump out of office, and even with the increase in the interest rate hikes across the nation to slow inflation, it's still not slowing down the economy. Everything's beautiful and hunky-dory. He's not the droid you're looking for with all the negativity in the economy. This is what they parade around in the media, having a heyday with that uh, throughout the day today as well. I ask you a simple question, and this is honestly for the other side of the aisle. For most of us here, we'll understand this is common sense. Why do you think we're seeing near 500,000 jobs almost? Let's round up for their benefit. Why do you think we're seeing almost 500,000 jobs created for the month of June? Doubling the expectations according to ADP. And what industries do you think that they're actually coming out of as well? My guess would be, and this is before I even look at the article in detail, just reading the headlines. If I were sitting there reading the newspaper in the morning, be like, huh, we added jobs. I wonder what they were from. My guess would be is that it's summertime. And for those that don't know the agricultural industry, we're in the middle of spring planting uh, for the crops that will be harvested in the fall. We're also finishing up the wheat harvest for the wheat that was growing throughout the wintertime, which is a really brutal one because of the uh, because of uh, the drought that we had and the uh, extremely cold and extremely hot temperatures from last year that 
My guess would be we've seen probably a jump in agricultural. Would be a guess. Again, haven't looked at the article yet. My also second guess would be that now going into summertime, we're seeing an increase in tourism, people traveling. Therefore, my guess with one of the industries that's been hit the hardest is finally starting to come back post-COVID-19 would be the hospitality and leisure industries, which means more people working for hotels or car rental places or restaurants or whatever of that flavor while you're traveling around the country. Or even the airlines, even though the airlines suck at being able to be efficient, they're probably trying to hire some people because they're desperate to get things back on track so they don't get that bad of a rep. My third guess would be that if we pay attention to stories at all in the country, we know that over the last couple of months was the ending of the Medicaid and other social programs from the COVID-19 pandemic because the emergency declaration's over. And therefore, just the willy-nilly, I'm going to sign up for a social programs without having to show that I'm applying for jobs, without having to show any type of work requirements, without having to go to any work training, without having to do anything, just sign up and get the social programs, those days are over. And in fact, that ended right around the month of April or May, which means if they ended, let's say, in April, you've had May and June for people to realize, oh, wow, I don't really qualify for social programs anymore. Maybe I have to go find a job to start bringing in some income again. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. That would be my guess, however, and if that were the case, then wouldn't it be common sense that we would see a spike in jobs? Not because the inflation's going down, not because Biden's doing so well with the economy, but because we're looking for the supplement that we just lost. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome in 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Wayne Allen Root, he'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour in just a few minutes. We'll talk about the elections, talk about the Trump campaign, talk about legal battles, and who could be the front runner or change up the dynamic of the Democrat Party. We'll get into all that here in just a little bit. Uh, Look, I'm not trying to belittle the fact that we're adding a half a million jobs across the nation if these numbers are accurate at near 497,000. That's that's good news. Let's be forward. That is good news. But as we create jobs, as the economy begins to grow, as the economy tries to get back on track after the COVID-19 pandemic, it's kind of important to put credit where credit's due and not because it's an ego thing for one political party or one political ideology, but because if we're going to allow the economy to grow and it get back on track and do what it needs to do as a private market, laissez-faire, free market society, we need to understand what works and what does not work. And this is honestly, a, while it's good news, it's also a scary thought because after 12 or 15 or whatever it was, different interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve trying to raise interest rates to slow the economy and kill inflation, because apparently that's the only way we can possibly get rid of inflation, is to just raise interest rates to price you out of something as opposed to stop printing damn money. I know know that's a wild concept, but, it, you know, apparently that's the one and only singular way for us to actually address 
the issue of inflation, that while we've continued to raise interest rate hikes, the economy continues to grow and add more people. But that's the question. Is it really? Is it growing? Is it adding new jobs? Or are we finally starting to fill the positions that have been lingering forever? They keep saying that all these jobs have been back. Six million new jobs, 10 million new jobs. The Biden admin keeps saying all these new jobs that they've created, which we know is a lie. We know it's a farce. We know it's untrue. We know that all those eight, six million, 10 million, whatever it was, were people going back into the workforce after COVID-19 when the Democrats forced the Trump administration's hand into saying you have to shut down the entire economy, send people home and get them on social programs. They forced it. And now they're like, oh, we brought them back. No, we didn't bring them back. We created new stuff. And that's not the case. At the same time, we had the mass walking out of people looking for better opportunities because there were opportunities there. People had left. There was a gap in the private sector. There was a gap in the workforce. So people had the opportunity to work their way up into better positions, leaving a gap in the entry-level positions, in the lower hourly rated positions, and no one wanted them. And no one needed them. Because for the longest time, we created social programs that were more beneficial to stay at home and sit there during the COVID pandemic and the year or two afterwards that we're getting into right now than it was to actually go and work busing tables or working at a nightclub or being in the leisure in hospitality industry or whatever it may be. It was better to sit at home and get those social programs than to go and bust your butt and work at these jobs. Now those programs are ending and you can no longer do that without actually showing that you're giving the attempt to go and find work. And all of a sudden, we see a spike in work. Cool. That's awesome. We're finally starting to fill in those slots because while they said the economy was growing, while they said that jobs were growing, we still saw help wanted signs everywhere at fast food joints, everywhere at hotels, everywhere at car rental places, everywhere at these positions that were the entry level or lower income positions or even moderately decent positions, but they were all vacated either from people staying at home or working their way up when those slots were available during the pandemic. Now they're getting filled. Finally, this is not a creation or a growth of the economy under high inflation and under Bidenomics. What this is, is this is the filling into the void by force because there's no other alternatives. Then you add on the summertime travels and tourism seasons. Then you add on the same time that it's agricultural season, which are private sector jobs, seasonal or non-seasonal. They didn't decide the difference between the two, seasonal or non-seasonal. They just said summertime. They just said, nope, 2020, the month of June. They didn't specify, which means it could be temporary. They could be the lower income. They could be things filling in that void that's been desperately needed, not because of Joe Biden, but because the market corrects itself when we need it to do so. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today, our pre-Friday celebration. Trying to carpe diem all over this place, baby. It's what we do on a Thursday. So we have these numbers. I still laugh how they're trying to just praise, oh, look how great the Biden administration is on all these job numbers. The stars have aligned, and whether it's coincidence or not, 
All the numbers fall in line right for them. And, oh, look how great the numbers are. All the economy's back on track. And, uh, yeah, it's not quite the way it seems. But that's the way usually politics is. Let's get into what's trending here for the day. What do you say? What's trending today? If you're really concerned about the economy, all you got to do is just go to the gas station and see how gas prices are. Oh, they're down from last year. Cool. What do they look like three years ago compared to today? Well, that's inflation. Okay, so again, and we talked about this with Congressman Ron Estes. We're going to get him back on the program again soon. Uh, our congressman right here in the Kansas area, where I'm based out of in the 4th District of Kansas with our flagship station at KQAM in Wichita. Uh, we, we've talked to him about this. This is not, when you talk about a 4% inflation, that's 4% on top of the 9% we had this time last year. I mean, remember, inflation is year over year. So we have 4% this year in June, July. We had 9% last year going into this time. And then whatever it was the year before that. So realistically, we're looking at like a 15 to 20% inflation rate since the Biden administration took over. And they're praising themselves for adding a few jobs in the month of June. I'm glad we're adding jobs and getting people off the social program. But Let's look at this in a realistic way. What do you say? I can't wait to get things back on track after this 2024 presidential election. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, um, all you have to do is just look at gas prices, look at the price of food when you go to the grocery store, and then everything the Biden administration is trying to say in the mainstream media just goes out the window. To talk about some of that and more, really happy to have on the program. And it, It's been like a year or so, I think, since we've had him on the show. So I'm excited to have him on, which you can watch his TV shows, you can listen to his radio show, you can find all his information at RootForAmerica.com. It's the man himself, Mr. Wayne Allen Root. Wayne, how are you, my friend? Andy, how are you? Great to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back on the program. What a weird political world that we live in today when uh, apparently 4 5 6% inflation is good for the Biden administration. They're adding jobs across the board. They have created the economy post-COVID-19, right? Well, I'm very proud of you because you're a smart guy. Not too many people have put it together, but I, I've known this for a long time. They lie about everything. And so, <laughs> you know, when you talk about rigged elections, they lie about everything. When you talk about voter fraud, they lie about everything. When you talk about COVID vaccines and the deaths and injuries, they lie completely about everything, nothing but propaganda. And the truth is considered, quote, unquote, misleading. And uh, when they talk about inflation, they lie and they lie and they lie. When they talk about jobs, they lie. You know, How would you trust that the jobs report is correct? when they make up the vaccine numbers. You know, I remember two, two and a half years ago, Andy, they said that uh, everybody dying of COVID was all unvaccinated. Yeah. And at the time, I knew a lot of people who were vaccinated who were very sick or, and dying, not of COVID, of heart attacks, of strokes, of blood clots, and of COVID. And, I, and all the people I knew who were unvaccinated were completely healthy. So I said, this is insane. You mean I know different groups of people than the average American? They're lying. I knew they were lying. So I did a little digging, and I found out that they changed the definition of who's vaccinated and who's unvaccinated. If you got the COVID vaccine and you died within 30 days of getting the vaccine, they counted you as unvaccinated. So that's how they were able to say when droves of people were dying because they were vaccinated and they died within 30 days of being vaccinated, they told everyone, everyone dying is unvaccinated. Because if you died within 30 days of getting the vaccine, they didn't count you as vaccinated. They counted you as unvaccinated. They make it up as they go along. Now the border. Let me give you the second one, then I'll get back to your question about jobs and inflation. So the border, common sense tells you that since we got rid of Title 42, everybody's coming in. We're under massive invasion. 
they claim it's better than it's ever been. <laughs> Very few people are coming in. It's dramatically lower. And I kept thinking, how could that be? You know they're lying. So what's the answer? They've given all the illegals on the other side of the border a concierge app on their phones, and that each of them tells the other one who tells the other one who tells the other one. The U.S. government is a concierge app. You go to the app, you fill in your name, you tell them what time you want to turn yourself in at what border crossing, and you don't count as illegal. Yep. You can't, once you give yourself up, that doesn't count into the stats as illegal aliens being caught. That counts as someone who's legally walking into the country. So they've gotten rid of all illegal aliens. Now they're all legally giving themselves up. It's called surrender. It's not illegal anymore. Do you understand? It's all lies. It's like Nazi Germany. And I'm a Jew. I can say this. This reminds me of 1938. The Nazis made up any lie in the world to get to achieve their objective. And that's what this Biden administration does. They censor, they ban, they suspend, they stop all dissent, they, they silence critics, and they make up any statistic they want to make themselves look good. So you can't assume that when they say there's lots of new jobs, there actually are any new jobs. They're lying. It's probably the fact, I'm guessing, that in this horrible Biden economy, which in my opinion is on the verge of collapse, everybody needs a third and a fourth job just to pay the bills. So when they go get a third and fourth job, it looks like happy days are here again. Look at all the new jobs we've created. So it's just a disaster, and you've got to assume they're lying about everything. And congratulations, Andy, you're right about inflation. Anyone who says inflation is peaked is a liar and an idiot because inflation is, in fact, lower than a year ago, lower increase than a year ago. But a year ago, we were all paying double what we paid two years before that. Now it's the same double plus another 4% instead of another 10%. It's far worse than last year, and last year was terrible. How is it better? This is the new math. This is Bidenomics. Yeah. Well, and this is the precedent they set because now once they've raised the interest rates 12 different times, it's supposed to slow the economy. Then they come out with these numbers and say, well, look how the economy is doing and all these jobs that were growing and all the slowdown of the inflation only gives them more arson to raise interest rates even yet again. That's slowing down the economy and killing the middle class, killing the lower class because we can't afford anything. And then still to come out and say, well, look, the economy is doing great because look how many people are getting into the workforce. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're in the real world, you know the economy is doing horrible, not great. I live in Las Vegas, and I could tell you that I go out to eat often, not only with my wife, but on a lot of business meetings with sponsors and customers and clients. And every time I go out to eat, I remember, you know, three years ago, every time I went out to eat, it was like $70, $80, $90. Then it was $100. Then it was $110. Then it was $120. Then it was $150. Lately, every time I go out to eat, it's 170 to $200, and they're trying to tell me everything's okay. They're trying to tell me the economy's good. It doesn't matter if my income is up by 40%. The inflation from three years ago is probably up by 60 or 80% in the things that matter. Gasoline, gas for your car, electric bill, uh, eating out, buying groceries. Everything is through the roof. So you could be making a lot more money, and it's worth a lot less, and you're in bad shape, and you're going backwards. Trust me, I'm watching it. I'm seeing my bills. You can't go out to eat anymore. Therefore, the restaurants are slowing down. So I went to the managers of all my restaurants that I go to, my favorite places in Las Vegas, which is, you know, obviously the center of America, the vacation capital of America, 45 million tourists a year. And I said to every one of them, how's business? And every one of them said, oh, my God, don't tell anybody we told you this, but it's horrible. We're down 25% since January. We're scared. We're going to have to start laying people off. We don't know how we're going to pay the bills. Nobody's coming here anymore. So... I know what's going on. They can tell me all they want, the, the Biden administration, that everything's great and the economy's good and jobs are good. 
And I know they're lying, lying through their teeth, just like they lied about the COVID vaccine and just like they're lying about open borders and just like they lied about the rigged elections. Everything they say, how do you know they're lying? Their lips are moving. Yeah. Amen to that. All they got to do, though, is just change from a gas stove to an electric stove and everything will be all better there. So everything uh, will be great. Yeah, yeah. Your bill will triple, but everything will be fine. <laughs> and, and don't forget, they think everything's about wind and sun, which is the biggest lie ever told, because solar and, and wind don't work and they cost five times more and they fail. You know, when there's a lot of peak usage, they cannot keep up with the fossil fuel and, and the price will bankrupt the middle class. But now they're claiming global warming is so bad, they're thinking about signing on to a plan to block out the sun. That should work out well. I thought you want solar energy. Now you're going to block out the sun. You're going to try and lower the intensity of the sun to solve the problem of climate change, which means solar wouldn't work. Solar energy you better go back to fossil fuel. These people are insane. They don't know what they're doing, and they're dangerous to all of us. They're going to get us killed. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big question. We got just a couple minutes before we have to take our hard break here, Wayne. But what is the solution? 2024 obviously is about a year or so out. We have the elections kicking off here. Is it time for another big conservative to rise? And is that going to be Trump or do you think it's going to be somebody else? No, there's nobody else. And I, I'm not saying that now as a backseat driver, Andy. I've said that for, you know, on my national radio and TV shows for many, 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 many months. For actually for two years now, I've said Trump's the only choice. That's the reason they have to keep indicting him because they're scared to death of him. They know he's the only one that could beat them. And they also know that when he gets back in, this time there will be no mercy. This time he's not going to be Mr. Nice Guy. This time he's going to fire all the government bureaucrats and put in new ones, good ones. And this time he's going to indict all the bad people because what goodwill did he get last time by being nice and trying not to indict Hillary, not to indict Obama for spying on him, not to indict Clapper and and uh, uh, Mueller and all these terrible people. There were so many bad ones that should have been indicted, but Trump chose for the good of the country not to cause that kind of controversy and that kind of rift and divide the country. Look what he got for his good good behavior. They're all trying to indict him every other day in a new state, new federal charges. I'm sure if you have me on three months from now, there'll be 12 more indictments of Trump. Yeah. It, it's incredible. They want to put him in jail for the rest of his life or kill him with a heart attack. They really want to. So no more Mr. Nice Guy. And no mercy, don't show any mercy, indict everybody and fire everybody to get in this time. That's the reason they try to stop him so badly, and it's not working. The more they indict him, the more the American people support him. He goes up, up, up in the polls. It's going to be Trump, no question. But when you ask me my solution, I'll be quick. I know there's not much time. My book is out, The Great Patriot Bicot Book, number one bestseller, endorsed by President Trump uh, about a month ago. And it's a list of the 128 best companies in America run by conservatives, patriots, and Christians, you know you could spend your money with the good guys who aren't going to turn around and use your money to destroy everything you believe in, like America and American exceptionalism and capitalism. The Great Patriot Bicot Book by Wayne Allen Root, endorsed by President Trump. Grab a copy at Amazon. It's what it's all about. I love it. Rootforamerica.com is a website. Go and check them out as well. Wayne, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. It's great to talk to you again. we got to do this it again soon. Lots more coming up on The Voice Reason. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Last few minutes of the show for your free Friday celebration. Thanks again to Wayne Allen Root. 
probably the only guy on radio that talks faster than we do here on this program. So we appreciate him. It has been a while since we've had him on the show. Again, you can go to RootForAmerica.com, R-O-O-T, RootForAmerica.com. You can find his TV show, find his radio show, find his books, find all the stuff he's doing. And, man, what a fireball saying Donald Trump's the only option for the Republican Party. And he's right. As they go after him more, the popularity begins and continues to grow. So the support for the Republican Party, the big question is, can he win in the independents? And we talked about it with some other guests over the last few days, is can you win over the independent voters, the unaffiliated voters, the nonpartisan voters, which I still don't understand quite what that means because I'm middle of the road. What does that mean? And as the political spectrum changes, what does middle of the road actually mean? Well, I'm for marginal growth of government. I'm not for big government growth. I'm for little government growth. Wait a second, isn't government already too big? Well, yeah, but I'm for a little bit of government because it obviously has to. Everything's got to grow, including the government. I don't understand that thought. I still want to get a moderate on at some point and try to explain what that actually means. On the same front, can Donald Trump and his entire movement actually win over just based on how bad things are going across the nation? Uh, then it bleeds into the Republican supporters of Donald Trump and other elected officials and those candidates that support Donald Trump across the nation. There's a new headline from Breitbart.com today that Myra Flores, remember her? The awesome Hispanic uh, woman that voted that won in the 34th district of Texas. She ended up losing after the special election, uh, but she won that seat. The first Republican to win that in over 100, 120 years, whatever, and the first naturally born Mexican woman who was a naturalized citizen who became a congresswoman here in America and was a Donald Trump supporter. Her husband's a border security agent, and she's a solid conservative. Well, apparently she's jumping back into the race for that seat again for that 34th district, having the opportunity to take over that seat with a, with a memo coming out of the National Republican Committee saying, quote, if Flores runs, she would begin ahead 42 to 41 percent among independents. Her lead would also grow by near 19 points as she would win because she is well-known with 90% name recognition and popularity with 43% favorability and 29% unfavorability in that district. As she's considering that 2024 campaign to run for Congress, again, if that is the case, then that again, like it did the first time, would be a major slap in the face to every Democrat out there that says that Hispanics uh, are for Democrats, that Hispanics don't like Republicans, that Hispanics support the liberal progressive mindset, and they don't know how to handle that kind of idea. This is just like the whole Cuban idea uh, with the Cubans in Florida that were supporting Trump and Chuck Todd losing his mind over the fact that they were supporting Donald Trump. And how dare they support Donald Trump? How could we possibly fathom the minorities and Hispanic population supporting Republicans and especially someone like Donald Trump? But it... If she's able to pull it off, would be a major slap in the face for them again in a deeply blue district that the reason she lost was because it got even more deep with the changing of those district lines across the board. All right. I, I've i decided since throughout the program I was debating, contemplating, deciding what I wanted to do here. And I decided to try this threads, this new social media, the meta version of Instagram and Facebook. And the reason I did was because obviously it was easy to transfer over and connect with my Instagram and Facebook accounts already. And I said, why the heck not? I'll give it a try. Well, come to find out, apparently everybody else has already done it as well, because everybody on here already are all conservatives 
that are bashing the platform for censorship and uh, shadow banning and censoring individuals. So they jump on there, apparently is one of the first ones to jump on there because it's the first day for the launch of the app, and they're already on there complaining about how bad the app is, but yet they're there with the 30 million people that apparently signed up in the first 18 hours of the app being available. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to stop using the Tweety because I support Elon Musk and I support the Tweety and we'll continue to use that one. And I will probably be very um, non-active on this new program that is Threads, that is the meta version of uh, uh, the Twitter with Instagram and Facebook. However, we will see. Uh, apparently, I have six Look at that. I have six followers already. Right out of the gate. You can find me at Who's Your Reason if you're on there. I don't know that we'll use it a whole lot, but I do find it ironic that those that don't like it are already on there before anybody else. So does that mean it's going to be something of value? I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. But there you go. Another notch on a social media app that has to be downloaded to my phone. Oi. Oy vey. All right, that does it for us today. Back at it again tomorrow for your Friday. The shortened week with the holiday will kick you off for another weekend, get you set for another fun one coming up. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.